How are you doing? How are you living? Austin Cunningham, Justin Fuchs, and Dan Keith coming with another episode of Talking Football. We've been gone for a bit. Dan and Treese went ahead and did an episode last week. It was fantastic. There was a little Texas slander, but it's okay. It's deserving. They're not back. They probably never will be, but boy, my hopes are up. But that's not going to be the focus on today because we or I am back from summer break. I am freaking pumped. I'm excited to be here. We're going to be talking about the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC. I'm in a new place of living. Internet connection is not that good. So if I start crackling, that's going to be why. I'm also going to try and do this episode without whatsoever because that's called a team player. You know what I mean? Scotty Pippen said it best. The worst part of being a team on a, about being on a team is knowing your role. And this is my role. I have to host a show or be a part in co-hosting a show and I'm not allowed to move. And this is it. And this we're super pumped. I'm surrounded by live plants. My dog turns a year next week. Um, I'm just looking for things to be excited about because not moving is not one of them. Yeah, but it's good to be back, boys. Great seeing you. I've missed it's, you. It's great to see you, and I mean this with all due respect. It's great to see you. You should turn your camera off to make it so it is a little bit more clear on the volume. God bless it. We love you, though. See you later, buddy. All right. So <laughs> yeah, hey guys, uh, just you know, <laughs> we're all fighting it. Um, we have the Canada air pollution problem here, and my wife cleaned today, so I've sneezed like five times with it on mute. So uh, you know, we're all just fighting through it. Meanwhile. As everyone would expect, nothing but sunshine and roses for Mr. Justin Trees. Just well, the rest it, of us fighting. Yeah. It's it's hot as shit here, though. 114. Like we're on day almost 40 in a row of over 100. It's it's just it's a bloodbath out 40 here. 40 straight days over 100 degrees. Last year we hit 95 straight days. Oh my god, I didn't know it got that bad. Yeah, I mean we're on the border of Arizona and Nevada. Like I'm. Yeah, that's I'm, called the desert, dog. And yeah, this is why yeah, he does not. This is why he does not have plans behind him. Yes. Actually, yeah. shit dies there. Can't no, see you mind, but they're there. No, you should see my downstairs. Actually, Jasmine's a big plant lady. Dude, um, I've seen your backyard. I know how much you don't like plants, okay? What do you mean? I got plenty of plants. Your backyard is like rock with a putting green. Well, and a lot of plants. I got like multiple palm trees. I got, I got other I got, plants. I got I got to go back now. Yeah, go ahead. Go and look. All right, but nobody cares about that. Let's, let's dive in. Let's dive in. We're going to start off with some Pac-12 action. Yeah, that's a lot of plants. Look at yeah, how many plants. It's a lot of rock. It's a lot of rock. Yeah, it's because I'm not going to pay for grass here. I'm not going to waste water. And the Pac-12 surrounded <laughs> with numerous trees in their cities, the football teams. Yes, like the Stanford tree, for example. There you go. Damn, so, look at that. So, news came out today hour before, two hours before we got on. Colorado is moving to the Big 12 starting next year. And they're heading back to the Big 12, where they think that they should go. So congratulations, Dion. You got some money for them. You you have the hype there. The Pac-12 wide receiver, or not wide receivers, the quarterbacks, are going to demolish this Colorado defense this year. I think this Colorado defense is going to be all-time bad. I think that I legit think that teams are going to average over 400 passing yards on them per game in this season. So they're going to break him, they're going to expose him and then the Big 12 are going to get the corpse of Dion and the Colorado Buffaloes. That's my take. So I don't think anyone 
truly outside of probably Dion expects Colorado to come in and win nine games this year. I think personally, if they get to five wins, that's huge. And if they can get to five wins, they can sell that as, you know, hey, we literally flipped this roster, tore it down to the studs, and we're rebuilding. Long term, I do think that it's safe to say that the Big 12 is in a better standing than the Pac-12 in terms of, you know, competitive nature. Because after next year, there's Utah. Yeah, I mean, especially with USC and... Right. I guess Oregon, like Oregon's the, still there. Oregon is still there. Still there. Yep. But apparently, you know, they are fighting tooth and nail to get to the Big Ten. They're yeah. like, please, Big Ten, send us a life raft. You know, just please, please take us. Would you so, like to see Utah in the Big Ten, trees? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you can come to Madison, man. Yeah, I would absolutely love it. And that, that was actually going to be my next thing. Is like, okay, so I, I'm going to obviously stay quiet because I'm obviously super biased, but like, where do you guys think Utah should go or deserves to go? Where do you think they would fit in? I will say, I will just ask those questions. I really think that their play style speaks big 10. I think if you want to, and I, I I obviously, you know, enjoy Utah because we're friends. So, you know, my rooting interest in the PAC 12 happens to be with Utah. Plus they basically play Wisconsin light football. Uh, So, yeah. But, I mean, look at their play style. It fits very Big Ten, Big Ten West. Their track record, they win the Pac-12. So, recently, you know, in the last five, ten years, they're probably the best team overall in the in the Pac. And they've proven they can beat the hell out of USC. We'll talk about that this tonight. I guarantee that. And if we're already taking USC because they're a legacy brand, and, you know, they're obviously relevant, why would you not take Utah? Yeah. What I don't want to see is Utah going back to the Mountain West? I don't want to see that. Yeah. No, they're too big for that now. I think they're also too big for the Big 12 in the future of it. I think if you go to the Big 12, you pretty much realize, like, okay, hey, like, we're the big dog now. You're the big fish on a little pond type of deal. It's kind of how I feel they would be in the Big 12. I think the SEC, I don't think they're ready for that, but, like, the ACC. No, no, they, that'd I feel be a like bad all fit. those games are just – Way too far away. I don't really like the ACC fit either, but like the Big Ten is really the only one that truly makes sense for Utah. But their success here, it's you got to keep building upon it. And they've shown that they can do that. They show that they can get to the Rose Bowl. They show that they can get close to winning. They can compete with Ohio State. They can compete with USC. They've beaten USC. They're winning the Pac 12. I think it's hard for, you know, the Big Ten to sit here and look at it and go, why would we not bring in Utah? But we're also so, going to look at the potential success that Oregon may have, have this year and Washington. Like Washington's one of those schools that's kind of low-key, pretty damn good, and has a lot of NFL talent on the team as well. Can The Big Ten can't just ignore those two schools, especially in Oregon. That has Nike right there. Like if you get Oregon, you also get Nike. Thousand you get percent. Utah, you get Utah. And like that comes off as disrespectful, but like I think the Big Ten needs to find a way to make that happen to get so, as many of the Pac-12 good schools as you can. Yeah. So and I think – Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, I think, you know, if we look at the scape of the Big Ten right now, what's stopping them from booting Northwestern? With everything going on Northwestern, I could see the Big Ten saying, like, hey, you know, we are getting to the point where we have too many teams. 
you know, we don't want to be a 20 team league. And if they, you know, bring in Oregon, they bring in Utah, they bring in USC, they bring in, they bring in, they bring in, they bring in, they're going to end up being a 20 team league. So well, I could see you recent, get rid of Northwestern. I like that. Right. So I think Nebraska, recent events say, hey, you can get rid of, you can get rid of, you can get rid of Northwestern because they might just get the death penalty if we're being honest, the way things are going. So you can say, hey, you know what? You're not even a problem anymore. Gone. Nebraska, if they were smart, in my opinion, would go back to Big 12. It's where you belong. Yep. And then, yeah, bring in Utah. And Utah would be that nice bridge in between your Midwest schools and your far West Coast schools. Yeah. And get rid of – You know what I mean? And get rid of Rutgers because why the hell is Rutgers in the big time? Just because, because there's New York academics, the media, <laughs> they're, they're yeah. there for the yeah. same the reason. Northwestern, though, academics. Is, for, is Chicago and academics, yeah. yeah. But like, I mean, so Rutgers, like you have to have those schools. The same reason why Vanderbilt's in the SEC, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, for somebody's sure. got to do the homework, yeah. But uh, so, no, I, th- I think, um, I want to throw this by you guys real quick and then we can get into you know, breaking down the conferences. But if you're Utah, you're the chancellor, you're the athletic director, you know, whoever you want to be at Utah, you're a high up. If the Big Ten is like, you know what, can't do it. Sorry. Do you go independent? No, seriously. If you we, stay, if you stay in the Pac-12, you're going to be the only relevant program, beating the hell out of Stanford and you know other schools that no one's going to watch on a network that nobody watches out on the West Coast when everybody else is not watching games. Congratulations, you can compete with Hawaii for viewership. SEC won't take you. Your choices are the Big 12, which then you're basically just following BYU, and you don't want that. We know that BYU and Utah don't like each other. So you're not going to bump down to the Mountain West. You know, we just laid this all out. Do you go independent? I think no. it's a huge risk, but yeah. is that the best play? No, absolutely Why? not. We just we just watched BYU fail at this miserably, right? Like firsthand. Like we literally just watched this up close and personal biggest rival go independent think that they were going to be the next Notre Dame and they shit the the bed, right? Like they, and they were doing whatever they could to get into the PAC 12 or the big 12 and hence why they're right. But you know, we're going to be in a very different atmosphere now where there's, you know, the big two conferences. Yeah. So I really feel like there needs to be a third. And I know the big 12 is like vying for that right now. What is you know the, the 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 tier down from the big two conferences? Yeah. So if I'm just, I was, you know, I mean, it makes sense. If I was them, so let's just say it all falls apart, right? Pac-12 clearly is falling apart. They don't know where to go. I mean, I would honestly, maybe even like try to talk to Notre Dame and just be like, let's team up and like let's just go out and just be like, you get both of us and just go from there, Utah and Notre Dame, and then just see because people are going to want Notre CB. Dame's money. So instead of being an independent, you'd be a codependent. No, yeah, I like that. I like that. But like, because <laughs> I, mean, I, you know, I think toxic, yeah, toxic. Yeah, exactly. Because Austin, you you said it actually very well. Like with Oregon, you get Oregon money. Washington, you get Washington money. Utah, you just get Utah, which it's true. Like you don't get like Utah's very like a wealthy state, but like you don't get that type of money, right? The Oregon and the Washington yeah. money you get, you just go, get good athletics, right? Like Utah is amazing at football, gymnastics. They have multiple final fours. They have m- multiple baseball, you know, college football or college world series appearances, all that, right. They, they just have athletics that are good. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. 
this is not even what we were supposed to talk about today, but I love the discussion because I like to hear other people's opinions besides my biased opinion. So let's move on to a biased opinion. Let's go into the Pac-12. Conference champions, it's going to be the three-peat. The Utes are three-peating. I'm saying it now. They brought back so much talent on this defense, so much talent on this offense. Yes, they lost Kincaid, but they get Keithy back. They have their quarterback back. They have Jaquan Jackson back. They have offensive linemen back. Again, their defense is stacked. Cole Bishop, one of my favorite players on the team, safety. I think that he has a real shot at being like an early second round pick in the draft. Um, I love it. Uh, I really do think that um, that they're going to have a real good shot at winning this again and going for the three P. It's going to be tough because the Pac-12 is stacked this year. It is a really, really good conference, which is funny to say because like it hasn't been in recent years. Um, but it's it's going to be good. So I'm taking I'm taking Utah for conference champs. I mean, what I'm right it? there with you. And Go one ahead. thing yep. with this about Utah, sorry to cut you off, Dan, is why is no one talking about Cam Rising coming back enough? I don't feel like that's been yeah. as like an exciting discussion as I thought it would be. Yeah. This is a guy who continues to answer the call, continues to ring the bell, continues to make plays, lead Utah to victories. And we're just kind of like, eh, like, yep, yeah, all right, just Utah being Utah. So uh, leading off here, I also have Utah as a conference champion. For the same reason you guys had Utah back-to-back. We're talking about a three-peat here. And I had to laugh, Therese, when you mentioned that, you know, the Pac-12 is really good this year, even though they haven't been, you know, historically the last 10 years as a whole. The Pac-12 is like the epitome of the high tide raises all ships because the Pac-12 has always been that conference that eats itself. Yeah. You know, the reason why we don't they don't get anybody in the playoffs is because, you know, somebody goes up to Washington and gets beat on a Friday night or somebody comes down to Utah and they get their teeth kicked in. You know, there, there's always – you always cannibalize yourselves. But you've always been about the same – everybody's been on the same level, and now that level's raised. Uh, you hear a lot of national uh, people talk about how, hey, the quarterback play in the Pac-12 this year needs your attention. There's a lot of pro prospects. You know, guys might not be day one, but day two picks – they're going to play in the NFL and they're all in the Pac 12. They deserve your attention. Uh, so I just thought that was worth mentioning. But yeah, like you guys, I have Utah in my notes. I literally have Utah until proven otherwise. And then in much smaller print, I have USC's daddy. I'm sorry. That's just a fact at this point. Uh, if you know, you know. As my non conference champion, likely to reach the playoff, I kind of went off script here. And I'm glad we all did. And I went Washington. I went with the Huskies, eleven and two last year. Okay, and we said the Pac-12 is good, right? They had a bowl win over Texas. Sorry, Austin. We got fifteen starters coming back. One of them being Michael Penix. I don't know what he has left to prove in college, besides that he can stay healthy back-to-back seasons. But he came back. Okay, my opinion. They have the best wide receiver tandem in the conference, and it's not close. Romo Duzzi and Jalen McMillan both. Over 1,100 yards last year, seven and nine touchdowns, respectively. This offense is going to hum. The Huskies always have a good secondary. I think they're going to shut down some of the quarterbacks in the conference. And they're a team that I think could finally make some noise. I feel like Washington is the team that's perpetually teasing that they could be good and they just don't get it done. This year, things might change. And for me, my non conference champ most likely to reach the playoff was UFC. And I don't really think this is. 
a hot take or anything. I feel like, you know, you kind of look at the national media and it's just like, Hey, like USC is back, you know, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams won the Heisman last year. We all know that. And it's just kind of one of these deals where the main question mark is, is can Caleb Williams replicate that kind of season, but then also take another step forward to help lead this team to the victories that, you know, they didn't get last year, you know, losing to a Utah and then losing in the Pac-12 championship game. It's just, you kind of sit here and you're looking at USC going, Hey, like you're back. There's a lot of excitement here, but we still got to win games. Like we got to, we got to find a way to win the Pac-12. If they eventually win the conference, I would not be surprised with that to be completely honest with you. It's just more so of, do they have the talent surrounded Caleb Williams to let him on in a way that we all think and know that he can, or is this just, going to be one of these guys where we look back and go dang if he would have just had like one more guy with him at usc he could have been a stud because i think he's going to be the next guy that goes in the nfl and just lights it up immediately so and again i know that's not a hot take i'm not going to try to make a bold statement there but i think Kate williams future is very bright and i'd like to see some of that success take place at usc and maybe even make the playoff yeah yeah fuck usc i know you don't like that sorry but yeah, yeah it's fine it's fine it's your take um I absolutely positively was not putting USC in this list. Absolutely not. I'm putting Oregon here. I actually think that like top to bottom, Oregon might be the best team in this conference. I really, really like them. I really like Bo Nix. I like the their coaching staff. I just like the way that they built their team. Um, let's not forget last year, like they just choked, honestly. They had everything, mm-hmm. they had everything right in front of them. They had to just go in and beat their rival Oregon state and they blew it. He had a huge lead going into the third quarter and they, and they blew it. So um, I don't think they're going to do that this year. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with Bo Nix getting hurt. And let's not forget, like he was in the discussion for Heisman before he got hurt Um, just right there with Caleb Williams. So um, give me Oregon here. I I really, really think this is going to be a game and I'm actually super excited for the, the Oregon uh, Utah game. Um, all right. Conference doormat team, worst team, Stanford for me, uh, new coaching staff, everybody left this, this program. Um, I think, I think it's going to be a rough time for Stanford. I think this is like how it was like before Jim Harbaugh, like that's how bad I think it's going to be. So give me Stanford here. And I went with Cal. I just, there's not much to be excited about there when you look at Cal and the rest of this conference. And I mean, like, or there's more excitement around Oregon State than there is Cal. And I'm kind of glad you mentioned him because to be completely honest with you, I forgot DJ Uyunglele is going to be their starting quarterback. And when you looked at Oregon State last year, it was that's the one thing they are missing. They are missing a quarterback. And I know DJ did not live up to the hype at Clemson. Hopefully this transition and this transfer, I should say, out West can be different for him. Um being on the West Coast, maybe that'll feel more like home form. So that's kind of where I'm going with it. Uh, but I do think Cal is just the worst team. And just going to kind of dive down into the next one here. Favorite Heisman offensive player. It's going to be DJ Uyunglele for me. I think that can be uh, kind of exciting. Kind of a, a little like, ooh, probably not really going to think about it. But interesting. So uh, before I talk about my conference doormat, shout out Austin for not once but twice absolutely crushing the pronunciation of DJ's name. Extremely impressed because I am not brave enough to attempt that. There's just too many vowels and L's for me. Uh, But I'm also going Stanford. All right, guys. Like Tree said, 
everybody transferred out, which is very common now. You get a new coach, everybody leaves, right? That just seems to be the new norm. It's how many guys can a new guy bring back in? They brought in Troy Taylor, who has never been a head coach at the uh, FBS level, but he has done four years at FCS Sacramento State, went 30 and eight. So I think maybe long term, he's going to be okay. Stanford's a tough place to recruit. It just is. When you got USC and all the other California schools there, it's just tough. Only six starters coming back. I think he has an uphill fight against him, and this year is going to be brutal. I think it just is. Pac 12, we talked about it. It's a tough schedule. Godspeed to you, man. My Heisman favorite bet, don't bet this, folks. I just wanted to shout a guy out. Okay, he's my favorite player in the Pac-12. I wanted to shout him out because he doesn't get enough love. From our youths, Brant Keithy, the tight end, wide receiver, running fullback, flex weapon. I love this kid. It's too bad he got hurt last year. Dalton Kincaid really took off when he went down, but Brant is the guy, okay? Kincaid went in the first round. Let's not forget playing the Brand Keithy role. The guy that's supposed to play that role is going to play that role this year. He's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Worth the price of admission to go see him. And then flipping down, because we're just flying through these, I'm going to do my defensive player really quick. And I'm really sorry if I say this wrong. I'm not good at pronouncing names. Here we go. This is the hardest one on my list tonight. Zion Tupola Petui the edge outside linebacker from Washington, my Huskies, I like, maybe. Yep. I think I nailed it. I'm not doing it again. Anyway, this kid, you might remember <laughs> the name. To me. <laughs> Even if I didn't say it right, you might remember the name. Just Zion, Zion from Washington, okay? <laughs> not the basketball player. Back in 2020, one of the things we're going to mention from 2020, we're not bringing up anything else from 2020, but this kid burst on the scene. He was first team all Pac-12, led the nation in sack rate at 1.75 sacks per game. 2021, only played five games, towards Achilles. He was working back last year, fully healthy now. I think he could explode if he's fully healthy and that Achilles is back, could be a serious weapon on the Washington defense. I like it. Uh, um, I'm not going to try and act like I know defensive players in these div- in these conferences. I really don't pay attention to, to uh, a top-tier degree. So I'm not even going to try and bullshit you guys and just say a name to say a name. So I'm going to let you guys own this part of the segment through every conference that we go through. So I want you to tell me who is another person that you do not have on your list that I should be paying attention to from the Pac-12, though. Uh, yeah, Cole Bishop's mine. I already talked about him once. I think he mm-hmm. is one of the best safeties in the country, let alone in the Pac-12. So um, – I would say, I mean, so I'm just going to go with Cole Bishop on that one. Um, I forgot I skipped over Heisman. My Heisman, I'm going with Bo Nix. Again, I don't think that Caleb Williams repeats. Um, so if the, if I'm going to go with who I think is second, it's going to be it's going to be Bo Nix here. I think that he has a real shot. I mean, I actually think he has a real shot at being a first-round pick too, which I think was a would have been a, just a crazy take last year at this time, people saying that Bo Nix has a real shot at being a first-round pick because he was like – ran out of Oregon I mean sorry out of Auburn basically he was he was a joke yeah I mean he was he, was, he came in as a freshman and lit it up and then he was a joke for his you know inaccuracies and one out of Auburn and now yeah you're right he was a Heisman he was probably going to New York if he didn't get hurt put it that way yeah for sure for sure so so all right cool um game of the years um I mean a lot of people 
everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, it's got to be Utah, USC, right? It has to be. Utah. Utah's going to USC. Like, that's going to be electric. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because, like, uh-huh. why Like why would I say the game of the year is a team that we kick the shit out of every single time? Like, that's not exciting for Utes fans. Okay. It's not exciting yep, for us. This is karma. Wow. All right. Keep track of this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly. a, that's a, let's clip this one, Riley. Here. Here Riley, write this down. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. It's actually, I'm actually very, very, very nervous to go to USC. Um, but that's not my game of the year. My game of the year is Utah at Florida. Um, Utah fans still have a very, very bad taste in their mouth um, over the Florida game. Super upset that we lost that game. Very much felt like we gave that game away. Um, so we're excited for them to come to our house. Um, we struggled with the humidity admittedly. Um, it was, it was a thing, but I think they're going to struggle with being in Utah and up in the mountains. I really do think that those players will struggle with that. Um, and also the fans as we were walking out, got in my face, got my wife's face, got my friend's face and I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to pay it back a little bit. So, um, Florida getting in a fight. (laughs) I almost Trump, did it at the Pac-12 Trump. championship. No, it's, no, dead serious. They, the Gator chomped in my Fight face. Alert. Lost what? Why have we not heard You're this a, story yet? We heard this story. We heard this story. I, I for sure we said this story. story. And this yeah. is where Therese is a better person than I am. Because if it was me, I would probably be in jail in Florida still. If somebody chomp chomp in my face and my wife's face. Yeah. Yeah, would have so, thrown some fisticuffs. Yeah, so it's, it's Florida Utah <laughs> for me. Like, let's see, week one, we are literally – Four weeks away from that game. Wow. Five weeks. We're back. Five weeks. We're back. It's back. a lot more than four weeks. I just said four weeks. It's five weeks. Why would you do that, man? It's five weeks. Math. Today. Math. Crap. So my game of the year uh, is going to be USC versus Oregon. Um, two teams that, you know, we've kind of already talked about, like, hey, could probably end up winning this division. Two teams keep a name or an eye on. I think this is going to be a fun one. I believe it is at Oregon as well. Um, so with that, that atmosphere is going to be incredible. It's going to be a lot of fun. And maybe at some, maybe this is the game where we go like, Ooh, Hey, USC is kind of running away with the conference. Oregon seems to be running away with the conference. Boom. This is where the self cannibalism comes from. Utah just kind of keeps on skeeting by like no big deal. And then they're sitting there three peating. But I do think this is a game where we look at the division or the conference and go, Ooh, yep. That's where things went a different direction at the middle of the season. So you've probably heard of this game before, um, but my game of the year is actually Utah at USC. Uh, this is a game, this is, this, is, and this is an exaggerated example, but it's a little bit of David versus Goliath. Utah is supposed to lose to USC. On paper, they are not as good as USC. On the field, they beat the shit out of USC every time. And I adore that kind of matchup. I do. It, it's where one team is supposed to win. Everything says they're going to win, and then they don't because the other team just wants it more. They're more physical, et cetera. If you break it down past that, yes, this game is a potential conference championship preview again. But if you look at the team's schedules, there's so much on the line. USC has to go to Notre Dame, which is always a huge rivalry game the week before Utah. Will it be a letdown? We look on the Utah side. Utah has to go to USC very next week. They host Oregon, who we've talked about is going to be awesome. Will these teams be up, which they should be, because this is developing the best Pac-12 rivalry 
with so many important games on the schedule, that team's got to be focused. This is going to, there's a lot going into this game. I wish it was a Friday night game. It, it's going to be the Saturday night at seven game. It's going to be the primetime game and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. Me either. I'm probably not going to be able to sleep tonight now. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Pac 12. Uh, my finishing this up, my favorite team to bet on this year in the Pac 12 is going to be Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes because they're going to be terrible. And I'll be taking the other team in the points. But Vegas and the public is going to see Dion and they're going to see, you know, Shitter Sanders and they're going to bump up Colorado and they're going to get a lot of push. And that's fine. I'll take the other side and I'll get wealthy on it. Can't wait. So, yes, I already appreciate Colorado so much. I love like the positive shit talking that we have on Colorado. Like the way that just took place to call it, like they're going to be so bad, they're going to be really good for me. Like I love that. Yeah, back <laughs> it's what it is. for me. I'm going to go USC just mainly due to the fact that I do think that this is going to be the year where they kind of show up and go, hey, like we are back, ready to head into the the Big Ten. You know, kind of similar to how I view Texas and the Big Twelve is like, hey, you got to have a year where you leave this conference and head into a conference that one that you're currently in, you need to come in ready to rock and roll uh, and have all your ducks in a row. So I think with USC, for me, I think a lot of their games are going to hit the over. And I think that when you look at some of these games where they play the lower teams at 12, they're essentially in blowouts, and then you can kind of take the spread there and maybe that be the team that helps solidify uh, a parlay for me. Uh, that's fair. Um, I actually also almost took – Colorado just because last year I did such a good job of like the other team's points. Um, not even like the spread, just the other teams over under on points. And I'm gonna take the over for the other team because again, I think this Colorado defense is gonna be really bad. But um just can continue my trend here. Team I'm most looking forward to betting on, Oregon, because I think Oregon's gonna be hitting the over a lot. Um and their their totals are usually in the high sixties, low seventies, anyways. And I still think they'll hit them. So I'll take Oregon there. All right, let's move on to the Pac, or sorry, the Big Ten. We just did the Pac-12. Let's move on to the Big Ten. Um, Conference championship, if you listen to this episode that we talked about this in, I don't know, I think it was early June, maybe it was late May, I can't remember, you'll know what mine and Dan's pick is going to be here. But um, I'm taking Penn State to win this. Um, I hate that they're kind of getting that, like – love from the national media that they're going to i was hoping that they'd kind of sneak up on some people um but i kind of think that that's going to be the case especially with the news that jim harbaugh might be suspended for four games um kind of opens the door there so i'm, I'm going to take i'm going to take penn state to win this uh, this conference um with the the harbaugh news of him possibly being suspended for the four games do you think that has that much of an impact for michigan at the start of the season no, as much as should have before, but yeah, as much as I would love a repeat of Appalachian State, Michigan, their schedule the first four games is an absolute joke. Like it oh, makes it Alabama's really schedule is. look hard. It's yeah. like Bethel Cookham, yeah, uh, Southern it's, it's Kentucky Carolina, University, UNLV, the... Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Yeah, it's really yeah. bad. It's it's a joke. Yeah, it is. It's it's real bad. But yep. what do you do? That's fair. Uh, Sorry, I cut you off in the middle of that, Keith. Keeper. 
No, no, no. no. I was saying you know, it just is what it is. Okay. It's tough. So, well, who's your who's your Big Ten champ, Austin? So for me, my Big Ten is actually going to be Ohio State. Uh, I think kind of looking into this, you go, man, Ohio State. They lost C.J. Stroud. You know, they lost. Some other town on that team into the draft, but you're sitting, you look at it and you go, they still got Marvin Harrison Jr. They still got an offense that runs pretty damn productive, no matter who the quarterback is, because even when you roll into this, it goes, hey, like, this might be the guy to start the season. They just keep recruiting five-star quarterbacks that are coming there to Ohio State. So we really don't know who's going to be the next guy up for Ohio State and determining of if he's going to be the starter for the entire season. That's kind of where I'm heading into that. But their defense, I'm expecting it to be much better than it was last year. They were very young. They faced a lot of good offenses in the Big Ten um, that they just really couldn't keep up with, and it didn't help them moving forward when their offense was like, hey, you know, we can't get anything going. Defense is like, well, we stink, so this other team's going to score. Hope you guys figure it out soon. But I do think this is a rebound year for Ohio State. And if it's not, I think the seat for Ryan Day starts to warm up, especially if you find a way to – especially if you don't find a way, especially if you lose to Michigan uh, again this season. Shocker. Ohio State's going to be really, it's, I don't think Ohio State has a choice but to win this conference. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, especially, you know, it's almost they need to win the game more than they need to win the conference even though they tend to go hand in hand. But if they lose to Michigan again this year, it's going to be very ugly. Like Tree said, if you listen to our podcast back in February? No, it was, during, it was in the summer. It was in the summer sometime. It was, was it in the summer? You yeah. know you know who uh, my Big Ten champ is. I'm also going Penn State. I do hate that they're getting a lot of national pub. But Sean Clifford's gone, folks. And I don't know if I've mentioned an athlete's name on this podcast more than Sean Clifford. And it's never in a positive light. I was going to say, number one fan, question mark? No, 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 no. (laughs) Uh, No. So I think Drew Aller is going to ball. But more importantly, having a new quarterback come in on a very talented team that doesn't need to shoulder the entire load because they got a pair of running backs, some horses in the stable, Singleton and Allen that combined for over 2,000 all-purpose yards and 24 touchdowns. That's how you take the pressure off a young quarterback. And on the defensive side, Manny Diaz. Miami, you let a good one get away because this guy can coach some defense. Penn State has that all-American locker room that turns guys into Saquon Barkley and other freaks in nature. I think this could be Penn State's year. They're, they could be special if they don't get in their own way. Uh, for my number two finisher, yeah, Austin, you said it. It's Ohio State. I mean, come on. Kyle McCord's going to ball. They got the best player in college football, Marvin Harrison Jr. I'll talk more about him later. But, I mean, yeah, they're turnkey ready every year. You can just put them as a top five team. Yep. And, you know, the team that I mentioned a little bit ago, Michigan, that's my non-conference champ that I'm most likely thinking it's going to make the playoff. I know we just talked about Harbaugh missing the first four games with that suspension. Uh, is official, goes all the way through. But like we said, the first four games of the year for them is really not that hard. And the next four really aren't that hard either until you reach Michigan State. Then you get Purdue. They're kind of like a wild card right now. Hudson Card, former quarterback at Texas, transferred there. Purdue was kind of on a roll to end the season last year. We'll see if they can kind of continue that progress or that positiveness heading into this season, maybe to this point of the season. Who knows? But then Michigan, you run into Penn State and then Maryland, and then you end the year, of course, with Ohio State. But I think when you look at Michigan – and miss the adversity that they're going to be facing without their head coach being there at the beginning of the season. I think you look at J.J. McCarthy and go, this is the year the kid just kind of blows up. 
I feel like we saw sparks of it last year. They were trying to figure out what his strengths were. They they definitely discovered the weaknesses, but it was like, let's find the strengths and continue to build off of those. And so I think if they could do that, we can say like a go, hey, they made it to the playoffs last year, just kind of like, you know, just kind of choked their way to a loss there. But now it's a situation of let's see if they can go ahead and do it again and move forward um, and get back there in that same situation with JJ McCarthy, another year of experience underneath his belt and Jim Harbaugh with the adversity of missing the beginning of the season. I think they can get it rolling at the end of the year. It can be a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, I'm going to take Ohio state. Same reasons that you guys have talked about on why you thought they were either going to win the conference or be the one that could make the playoffs without winning it. So I don't think I need to add anything there. Uh, Doormat team, I think it's going to be Rutgers. I just don't think Rutgers is a very good team. I think that they lost the stud receiver. I think that they just just don't bring in the talent that other teams do. Um, both of the teams that you guys brought up, I thought about. Um, I low-key kind of think Nebraska surprises some people, though, this year. Um, I don't know why. Gut feeling. But um, but I did think about both of these three teams um, or sorry, two teams that you guys have as well. Cause you guys have different ones than me. Uh, I I'm going to take Rutgers here. There we go. It's Nebraska. I mean, I put due to the fact I want to talk about them because Matt is the head coach. I think there's a lot of excitement to kind of get another program in the world of college football up and going. And the look I'm getting from my guys here is my internet's bad. It got better. It got better. Your sound you're was good. you're good. Keep going. You okay. cut for a second. You're good. Both your look faces. It was just like, <laughs> am I saying something severely wrong? It wasn't my internet connection. But I'm gonna keep rolling. So I have Nebraska conference format mainly due to the fact that I want to talk about them with Matt Rule being the head coach and just kind of get from you guys of like think it could be a team make some noise and disrupts the Big Ten this year, or do you think they are still at the bottom? conference and we're sitting here going like hey you should probably move to the big 12 and just go back to owning that like you did in the 90s if you can maybe repeat that with matt rule who does have experience leading a top tier team in that conference yeah i think nebraska is a team that you know second half of the year especially could be a giant pain in the butt for teams in the second half they get michigan state i think they could take michigan state they're gonna have a down year uh, there should be Northwestern. Them and Purdue could be an all-time cocaine Big Ten game uh, that could give a lot of crazy shit. Maryland should be good. And then they get Wisconsin and Iowa. I think all those games could get very interesting. Um, I do think that Nebraska would be better off long-term to go to the Big 12. But I think this year, yeah, you know, Matt Rule's done a great job team building on the college football landscape. And Nebraska could just be the next, you know, step in that. I think they could definitely, you know, be relevant. For sure. Yeah. I did. And, and the main reason <laughs> I ask is just due to the fact, like, I know it's just kind of like, ah, Nebraska, not that much to talk about, but just like Jeff Sims transferred from Georgia tech. I have a buddy who is a huge Huskers fan and he just keeps raving about this kid. I mean, he's freaking huge. I think he's, you know, similar to the size of quarterback or Florida's quarterback last year, taken by the Colts and for some reason, slip in my mind. Um, Anthony, Anthony but just a, thank you very much. Just a big bodied quarterback that has a strong arm, not scared to run people over. I think that could be exciting for Nebraska moving forward. Main reason why I wanted to talk about them. But Dan, go ahead and end with your team here. Well, I just real quick on Nebraska. Um, Matt Rule has apparently done a phenomenal job of being part of the community. Uh, there's a high school right across from Nebraska's campus. I can't remember the name of it right now. 
But apparently one of the first things he did was walk over there, meet the principal, athletic director, football coach, shake their hand. And I can confirm that a previous head coach at Nebraska didn't do that. And if there is a high school that is in sight distance of your college stadium and you aren't there to introduce yourself, what are you doing? Like that's just common sense in my opinion. So Matt Rule might be doing things that are like a common sense, but he's doing the right things that, you know, Matt Rule does. And that's why he's been successful at his stops, Temple, Baylor, et cetera. My doormat team is Northwestern and we've been dragging them. I'm going to say something nice about you. You have awesome uniforms. I think the purple is great. I love to see it. I wish more NFL teams and college football teams wore purple. I think it's awesome. I get a little tired of the, you know, hey, we're going to wear blue with white pants. We're going to wear red with white pants. We're going to, you know, do whatever. It's original. I like the purple. Here's the problem. You're going to be terrible. Um, Really bad. The vibes are bad. Everyone's leaving. Your recruiting class has already left. And it's going to be a long year. And uh, the road back up is not an easy one, especially with Northwestern having the academic standards they do. Not just anybody can go there. People go to Northwestern not to play football. They go to Northwestern because they want to go to Northwestern and they happen to be really good at football. So that's going to be a tough one. Swinging down into my Heisman, I think there's one pick. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, This is a wide receiver who could honestly be the number one overall pick in the draft, depending who picks there. I don't think it's crazy. If it's the Colts or somebody like that that has their quarterback, very really could be Marvin Harrison Jr. Last year, over 1,200 yards, bunch of touchdowns. This kid just produces. You, he's. What else do you got to say? All right, kid's an absolute freak. End of story. It's the end of the story. There's nothing I can add to that. That's for sure. But for me, I went with JJ McCarthy because I felt like one of you guys was going to say Marvin Harrison Jr. Boom! It was Mr. Kiefer. For me, again with JJ McCarthy, it's they discovered his weaknesses last year know his strengths now continue to build off of that. And maybe this is a guy that, you know, Michigan goes, we've been looking for a quarterback. We've been looking for a guy that we can just kind of rely on to lead us. I think it's JJ McCarthy this year. I got big hopes for him. Um, I also was going to go with Marvin Harrison jr. I thought I was going to sneak one by you guys. I did not. So I actually went with another guy that I was debating out of uh, Dan already brought him up. I already have Penn state winning this conference going to the playoffs Drew Aller is going to be in the Heisman conversation. Uh, There's been a lot of like sophomores first year coming in, making a huge impact and making it to New York for Heisman lately over the last say 10 years. I think he's just going to be the next one to do it. So uh, what I don't even know what Penn state does. We, is it, we are Penn state. I I don't even know what it is. What's their saying. I, I think it's we are. I think, I think it's we are. I'm pretty sure we are Penn State, right? No, it's Penn. There's a school. There's a school out east, and they awesome. they holler they Marshall's holler something Penn. right before the game, and it's like yeah. each each shit school X, and it might yeah. be Penn State. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember, but either way, that that's what it is. That's gonna uh, bug me. We'll figure it out. Um, all right, top defender. Uh, I'm going with Jack uh, Soller. Um, and defensive end. Outside linebacker, I think he's a defensive end, actually, technically, um, for Ohio State. I think he's just going to be one of the next great edge rushers for the Buckeyes. So that's my pick there. Um, Austin, obviously, had already said that he's not going to take anybody for these. Uh, So, Dan, we'll go over to you. 
Okay, I was trying to figure out if it was Penn State really quick. I didn't find anything. Uh, but I'm going Seth Coleman, the outside backer from Illinois. 6'5", 240. Last year clocked himself, 45 tackles, four and a half sacks. None of those are going to blow the doors off anybody. Those aren't super impressive stats. Why I brought him up is Illinois recently hired as a senior defensive analyst, Mr. Jim Leonard, uh, famously of the University of Wisconsin. And this is a guy who has gotten two, one walk-on players to be NFL players, very productive NFL players. And now you're giving him someone that is 6'5", 240. Dear God, this kid's potential, he could be a game wrecker. Uh, this could be a guy that, you know, somebody ends up scooping up day two in the NFL draft and produces for 10 years in the NFL. Uh, so looking forward to seeing his growth. I guess this was a guy I looked at the roster and said, this guy has a lot of potential to hit that next level with a Jim Leonard, you know, getting him technically sound. So that's why I brought him up. Uh, moving on, game of the year for me is Penn State at Ohio State. Once again, I think the easy one to pick here is Ohio State, Michigan. I'm going Penn State, Ohio State, because winner of this game could get to go to the conference championship. It's worth noting that around this game, because we brought it up with the Pac-12 uh, Penn State has UMass, Ohio State, and then Indiana. So they're not worried about anybody else around them. Meanwhile, Ohio State goes to Purdue, which is not an easy place to play, and we've all seen it. Purdue cra- plays some crazy-ass football. They've upset Ohio State before. There's a long history of shootouts in that rivalry. And then the week after Penn State, Ohio State has to go to Wisconsin, which is also never an easy trip. So – Ohio State's got three really interesting, tough games back-to-back-to-back, whereas Penn State's kind of a little bit of a soft part of their schedule. So I'm intrigued on how that impacts the game. But overall, winner of this game has a beeline for the conference championship. So that's my game of the year. For me, mine's kind of a little basic. I went Michigan versus Ohio State. I just think that game to end the year for this conference is just – is going to say it all. Like I know everyone's high up on Penn State. I just don't have a feeling. I just I don't know. I just have a feeling they're going to lose a heartbreaker on a wide-out wide out night game, you know, at Penn State. Crowd's rocking. It's just like, and they lost. I just I can see that happening to Penn State. I don't know why. I just kind of do. But you could probably say the same thing about Michigan and Ohio State at some point in the year with this schedule. Um, maybe Michigan State makes some noise this year. Highly doubtful, but you never know. So for me, I'm going to stick with Michigan versus Ohio State. Kind of a bland answer, but that atmosphere, it's just incredible. You end the year. The last couple of years, it's dictated who wins the conference. I just absolutely love it. So I'm sticking with Michigan versus Ohio State. I mean, you can't go wrong, Austin. It's, my, it's basically my favorite game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so much fun. Um, I'm also going Penn State, Ohio State. Obviously, I chose Penn State to – Win the conference, go to the playoffs most likely. So, yeah, so it has to be that one. Team you're most looking forward to betting on, I said in the in the sheet, I said no one, but really the the answer is Iowa, and that's the only correct what? answer. The, ans- the only correct answer is <laughs> Iowa because – No, we don't like because, unders here, man. We don't like unders. Dude, we did so well on unders last year. I know, year. We but did it, so feels well on it. It, it feels dirty. It feels dirty. It feels dirty, but something that I prided our, I pride ourselves on is we were very successful in betting last year, and people followed us. They made money. And I really, really like that. Like that we weren't just like, we weren't just picking like the sexy games. Like we made people money, but I know I made money. So um, I'm taking Iowa. (laughs) UTSA forever, baby. UTSA forever. Yep. Our roadrunners. 
Uh, man, I know, <laughs> but I'm getting flashbacks like PTSD from October where like the Iowa over under combined team game over under was 35 and like yeah. under smash. Uh, like, it's like, oh it's my okay. God. You can't watch the game. You can't watch it because it's stressful. It's way more stressful to watch an under than it is an over. I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, God, I'm not ready for that. That's a very good point. Like, it it really is. It is. Who's your team, Austin? Just the sound betting. Uh, For me, it's it's Ohio State. Uh, Just due to the fact that I do think this is going to be an exciting season for them, kind of underneath the radar. Like I mentioned earlier with the quarterback situation, still kind of unsure on who it's going to be. I think that figured out it doesn't matter just throw it up to marvin harrison jr he's going to come down so he's going to make plays this defense is going to be much better than it was last year i think this is a team where we can look at and go like all right hey like yeah i'm throwing them in there so expect to see a lot of bets for ohio state for me this year during the show so tree said the obvious bet was iowa to bet on that's wrong 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 the only answer is the University of Wisconsin Badgers because, ladies and gentlemen, our offense is fast-forwarding 50 fucking years of football, okay? This is going to be awesome. Phil Longo's coming out. We're going to throw the pigskin around. Wisconsin has discovered the forward pass, guys, okay? Like, I don't think you understand how big of a deal this is. They're going to run up-tempo offense. This is – I am just – I'm elated. I can't wait. So Wisconsin's the team. We're going to smash some overs early in the season. I'll talk about that plenty during the year. Don't worry, folks. Buckle up. Let's switch up. Finishing up the night, let's go to the ACC. I'll start things off. Conference champion, my team to go. I just confused Dan. Sorry, Dan. You sure did. I You got a lot of hands. I feel like I'm backing up a trailer. I'm holding the flash aid for my dad. Just please don't yell at me. Everybody Um, literally thought you just froze. (laughs) Everybody just thought you froze. I did. I did freeze. Uh, anyway, so my conference champion in the ACC is Florida State. Florida State has NFL players at every key position. Last year, number one in the Compton rushing, number three in passing, only behind North Carolina and Wake. Those two are cheat codes in passing. That's all they do. So they had another big portal offseason. We know that's been a point of emphasis with the Seminoles. They had LSU week one at a neutral site game. They win that game. They are flying through the schedule. Florida State, let's ride. They are flying. The only team I see flying through this conference is Clemson. I mean, DJ Uyunglele just wrecked him last year. Just one mistake after another that just kind of felt like it just derailed the season. I think Caleb, or excuse me, Cade Klubnuck comes in this year and just makes a resounding effort for Clemson to come back and make some noise in the ACC. And we're sitting here looking, going like, yep, Clemson's back. They weren't gone for very long, and now they're back. Hot take. I don't think it was DJ's fault. Um, I think that the play calling and the talent around him was not as good as what the former Clemson teams have had, and we're just used to them having that type of talent. So that's my little take on that. Um, all right. I also am taking Clemson because I also believe in Kate as well. Um, so I'm taking Clemson to win it. And guess what, folks? Because we're, I know everybody's like, hey, Podcast is getting a little long. I'm going to run down the entire thing, and then I'll let you guys finish it off. So I'm going to just go through all of mine. So um, I'm taking Clemson to win the conference. Non-conference champ most likely to reach the playoffs. I will also put Clemson in that as well. I'm going double Clemson because if they don't win it there, I can see Florida State winning it, but then Clemson still making the playoffs. So I'm taking Clemson there. Um, As for um, doormat team, it's Boston College. I think Boston College – 
Boston College is going to be garbage. Uh, Cade uh, Klubnik, Austin mentioned him already. He's taking over for the quarterback for Clemson. I think he's a stud. I think he's a very, very good player. I think he has a, actually a real shot at the Heisman. Uh, defensive player, Jared Verse. Um, he is the defensive end for Florida State. Stud. Basically a lock um, to be a top 15 pick. Probably like a top 10 pick if he doesn't get hurt. Stud, stud, stud. That's all you can say there. Uh, Florida State Clemson, because those are the only two real teams. Um, the only two real teams in this in this conference. So it has to be that game. Uh, and then teams that I'm most forward to betting on, it's probably it's probably North Carolina, because they still have Drake May, who's going to be very exciting to watch. And they're going to be able to put up some points. And last year, I mean, I still remember like that North Carolina Appalachian State game. That was still that was the day the Florida game was. We were watching that game in the bar before we went into the stadium. Like it was electric. So I'm gonna say North Carolina there for most forward looking. To okay. So go ahead and do the same. Trees just didn't fly through it for me. Conference champ gonna be Clemson. Non-conference champ to most likely reach the playoff. I think Miami. Um, I do think second year underneath that coaching staff. You know, new strength and conditioning coach here coming in. I think that's going to kind of help revamp things as well for him. Everything seems to be heading in the right direction for Miami. Hopefully, you can stay healthy and head that direction. I love it. The worst team in this conference, uh, Duke. I don't like uh, you guys both have Boston College. Like, what's there excited to be about Duke? Like, Duke is garbage. Like, just bleh. Most, uh, my favorite to win the Heisman, uh, is going to be Drake May. What's this look for? Duke has a really good quarterback. Probably going to be a second-round quarterback. Yeah, I would uh, like to turn you on to Mr. Riley Leonard. Uh, yeah. Might be a name to file away for later, just so you're aware. <laughs> Austin's like, fuck yep. you guys. <laughs> and yeah, uh, fuck, they fuck also them. went 9-4 uh, and four last year, and their first year under head coach Mike Elko, now coming into his second year. So things are trending. Still up. sticking with Duke. They can trend up all they want. This year they're going to be the doormat. I'm sticking with being wrong. So let me do it. Drake May is my favorite to be the highest one this year. I can't believe neither of you guys had him coming into it. I know, you know, Cade Klubnik being there for Clemson's script, but like Drake May was a guy we talked about all last year. It's what we've talked about heading into this year. It seems to just be him and Caleb Williams heading into the NFL draft on like the top quarterbacks. Who's going to end up going number one? I think. You're right there at North Carolina. You're going to make some noise. I think that can be a lot of fun to watch. My game of the year is Florida State at Clemson. All of us agree on that. It's going to be electric. Pretty much whoever wins the game probably wins the ACC. And the team that I look forward to betting on is going to be Clemson. I just feel like there's a lot of prop bets that can be made throughout the season for them uh, for some of these games throughout the year in the ACC that we could take advantage of. Uh especially at the quarterback and running back position for Clemson. And then their defense is like, okay, who are they playing? Like, yeah, they're going to get some turnovers. They're going to make some plays. They're going to hit some overs. They're going to hit the spreads. I'm taking Clemson this year for the ACC in terms of who I would like to bet on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we made it. This is the last. You'll have to hear about the ACC until August, which is next week. So here we go. Here, ready? Everybody. I got Florida State winning the conference. Clemson as a runner-up because they are Clemson. Uh, I have my doormat being Boston College. Last year, Zay Flowers was Boston College. He was the entire offense. That's it. It was only Zay Flowers. Phil Jerkovic transferred to Pitt, so he's also gone. Coming in at the Heisman, Jordan Travis. Guy's a stud. Pay attention. Last year, 3,200 yards, 24 and 5 touchdown interception, 500 additional yards on the ground with 7 touchdowns. By the way, he throws to Johnny Wilson. If you don't believe aliens exist, 
might want to watch Florida State football. He's 6'7", 240, and runs in the four fours. Very fun. Used to be a wide receiver at Georgia Tech who also did things like that. Ended up being decent. Lions fans know. Defensive player, also in Jared Verse, top 10 pick last year. Could have been if he declared. Said he came back. Trees talked about him. Game of the year, Florida State Clemson. Say no more. And favorite team to bet on. I had Miami. I am actually going to pull a little audible here, and I'm going to go Duke because I took a little peek ski at their schedule. And once they get past Clemson, which we understand is going to be a bad Saturday, they have Lafayette, the team, not the county that I live in, but the team, Northwestern, who's going to be booty, Connecticut, Notre Dame, could beat them, NC State, Florida State, Louisville, Wake, North Carolina, Virginia, and Pittsburgh. They could definitely win the final two on there. If the win total in the year of Duke is like five and a half, six and a half, just saying I'd be tempted. So let's go Duke. Not a basketball school. Duke's a football school. And we made it. And we made it. I just, so Clemson and Duke start the season. Yeah. And the game's in Akron. I think the game's in Akron. It's a neutral site game. Anything can happen. Damn. I kind of wish that it was like the second week of the season, but why? Why? Just because Clemson might get a little high that they like just beat up on some no name school. Duke can swoop in and, and beat them week two, week one. I think Clemson will be too hyped. So, okay. um, yeah. All right. Okay. So we're going to talk about some NFL, but you want to know what we've ran over time. Um, and again, it's because we talked about Utah early on. So that kind of threw everything off. We'll be back next week. Yeah, thanks. All football. All football. All NFL. All, all NFL. All, all football. All, all football. Okay. I mean, it will be all football, but um, it'll be all NFL. There's going to be a ton It's of not going to be all football. I know us better than it's that. Not, it's not going to be that. For not sure it's all not. football, folks. But, I mean, I'm excited because training camp opened up this week, so there's some news, but there's going to be a ton of news that we'll be able to talk about next week. Uh, we'll be able to talk about some injuries. We'll talk about the running back stuff that's been happening. We'll talk about the extensions of guys like Herbert and Diggs and Thomas and Rogers and all that. Um, not to try to break any news here, but there are rumors a big free agent is going that is going to be in the New York Jets facility tomorrow talking to people, and rumors are it is Mr. Dalvin Cook, so we will see how that goes. Um, sorry, Dan, to break that news to you here on the podcast. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get Jonathan Taylor, so that's okay. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. All right, <laughs> we appreciate you all. <laughs> Football's back. Feel it in the air. Love it. We appreciate you, and tonight we've been talking football. <laughs>